On a chilly December morning in 1907, a group of 200 well-wishers gathered on the railway platform in Vienna to farewell Gustav Mahler. Weary of the antagonism to his directorship of the court opera, and discouraged by the lack of interest in his own music, Mahler had decided to depart for America. As the train pulled out, Gustav Klimt, quoting the chorus at the moment of Faust's death, captured the mood in a single word, Vorbei. It's all over. Klimt's words were prescient. This last room takes us to 1918, the year that marks the end of Vienna's remarkable artistic and intellectual flowering. The death of a number of Vienna's major artists, the departure of others to more receptive centres in Europe and America, and the devastation of the First World War, which was followed by the collapse of the monarchy, all rang the death knell for this great flowering of modernism in art. In the decade prior to 1918, a generational shift had transformed Vienna's artistic production. In 1908, the so-called Klimt Group held their first public exhibition since leaving the secession in 1905. It was simply called Kunstschau Wien, or Art Show Vienna. It was in this exhibition that the young Oskar Kokoschka's work was first exhibited. When Lurs saw his work, he told Kokoschka to leave the Wiener Werkstätte and concentrate on painting. Adolf Lurs championed Kokoschka's art and helped the younger artist by introducing him to Vienna's artistic community and assisting him to obtain commissions. At Lurs's instigation, Kokoschka painted the disturbing portrait of the tubercular Count Verona, which you may have seen as you exited the previous room. In 1962, he said, Painting isn't based on three dimensions, but on four. The fourth dimension is a projection of myself. Klimt's portrait of Johanna Stauder, though unfinished, presents a startling change in the artist's style. Here, Klimt is working with visual styles that are different to the much-celebrated portraits of his golden period, or to his early and revolutionary allegorical paintings such as the Beethoven frieze. By this time, Klimt has evidently abandoned the highly decorative manner that we saw in the portrait of Fritze Riedler. The second Kunstschau, now known as the International Kunstschau, was held in 1909. It featured an impressive selection of major European avant-garde artists, Gauguin, Bonnard, Vuillard, Matisse, Van Gogh, and the Norwegian Edvard Munch. Schiller made his debut in the second Kunstschau with four major paintings. The influence of Van Gogh is strongly evident in Schiller's My Room in Neulengbach, a poignant homage to Van Gogh's famous painting of his bedroom in Arles. Also in this room is Schiller's powerful Sunflowers, a painting that seems to portend death and one also influenced by Van Gogh. However, the following years were difficult for most of these talented men. Klimt refused to show in Vienna again, though he was honoured in Rome in 1911 at the International Art Exhibition. Schiele, as we've noted, antagonised many. 
However, by the last few years of his truncated life, he had gained some recognition and was able to make a living from his astute portraiture. The hostility directed towards the early modernists was not restricted to the visual arts. Following Mahler's early departure, there was a steady exodus from Vienna. After years of abject poverty, Schoenberg left for Germany, as did a number of the Wiener Werkstätte designers. Furthermore, at the outbreak of World War I, many of the artists, designers and intellectuals were conscripted into the army and saw varying degrees of active service. Later, the year 1918 saw the deaths of Vienna's major artists. Klimt from a stroke in February, Otto Wagner in April, and then, in October, Koloman Morza from cancer and Egon Schiele from Spanish influenza. Emperor Franz Josef died in 1916. Following the war and the collapse of the Habsburg Empire, neither the economic conditions nor unstable government favoured cultural life. Similarly, with anti-Semitism on the rise, much of Vienna's intellectual life was under threat, culminating, as we all know, in Hitler's seizure of power and its horrendous consequences. The diaspora of Vienna's Jews is well documented, with Melbourne among the fortunate beneficiaries, enriching our cultural life and establishing the beginnings of what is now a flourishing café society. Viennese modernism, from architecture to music, from psychology to the arts, from literature to philosophy, was in large part initiated, fueled, and funded by the cosmopolitan, integrated, educated and secular Jewish middle classes of the Austro-Hungarian Empire. Emperor Franz Josef was, perhaps paradoxically, the protector under whose mantle this remarkable creative era flourished. Perhaps it's fitting, then, that as we leave the exhibition, we too will witness his funeral procession almost 100 years ago, through the streets of the city whose proud development he encouraged.